You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We are kicking off a brand new series called The Stories That Shaped Jesus. The Stories That Shaped Jesus. And I am so pumped for this series, because here's what we're going to do. For the entire summer, we're going to start with a gospel passage. We're going to start with a story in the New Testament where Jesus references something in the Old Testament. And then we're going to hit pause and we're going to say, okay, if Jesus talked about this in the New Testament, let's do a deep dive and understand that story. Because Jesus was shaped by the Old Testament. So the whole summer, we're going to be looking at some incredible stories in the Old Testament that shaped Jesus. But to begin to help me with this, I need to invite up some guys real quick. Andrew, I need you to come up here. Andrew Watson, come up here. And then I need uh, that group of guys, Joaquin. Joaquin, that row that you guys are in, I need all you guys to come up here. If you're sitting in that row, come up here real quick. You guys, come up on stage with me. Elijah, come up here real quick. Hurry, 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 hurry. Thank you, guys. Good job. It's like sloths at the DMV in Zootopia. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go. I've seen you play football. Come on. Y'all can do this. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Let's throw up that slide real quick. If we can throw up that next slide, Mel. Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, okay, Pause right there, pause right there. Okay, here's what we're going to do, here's what we're going to do. Andrew, you're going to stand right here, and you're going to face this way. You're not allowed to look back up there. Oh, shoot. Can we turn off that, can we turn off that TV somehow? Can we turn off that TV? I'm so sorry, I forgot to, he's going to, yes, thank you guys, thank you. Okay, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to surround him. You can't touch him, you can't touch him, but here's what you're going to do. A scripture is going to pop up on the screen. And I'm going to try from over here, I'm going to try to tell you, Andrew, what that scripture is. And your job, guys, your job is to be as loud as you possibly can, to distract him as much as possible so that he cannot hear the scripture that I'm saying. Does that make sense? Are you guys ready for this? I feel like I need to see a little bit more energy right here. I need you guys to surround him, surround him. And you know what? I need this group to come up here. I need the rest of you guys to come up here. This front row, leaders and you two. Malik, come here real quick. Get up here around Andrew. And I need you guys to literally go buck wild crazy, make as much noise as you can. Andrew, you're trying to hear from me the scripture, okay? All right, I'm going to turn off this microphone real quick. You're going to hear... Andrew, could you hear what I was saying? You couldn't hear the scripture at all. Could some of you hear the scripture? Okay, you guys, don't, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Andrew, you couldn't hear me, right? Okay, I want you guys to try to do it again, okay? So you guys get around him and try to make as much noise as you possibly can, okay? Ready, set, go. Andrew. Andrew. All right, stop, stop, stop. Andrew, 
What's the scripture? Say it loud and proud. Okay, you guys. Here's the reality. You and I, you guys can say it for a second. You and I live in a world that is screaming right now. Screaming. And I want to be honest with you. It is very difficult to hear God's voice. Especially with a world screaming around you. And I was all the way back there. I was saying it as loud as I could. I was reciting John 3.16. But Andrew couldn't hear it. Because the world around him is screaming. But as soon as he picked up his phone. As soon as he had a direct connection to what I was trying to say, he knew the scripture, that he knew the message. Here, here's, the, here's the takeaway. Let's go back to that slide. The more distance between you and God, the harder it will be to hear him. But the more you intentionally prioritize time in his word, the more easily you will be able to hear him even in a world that's screaming. Give these guys a round of applause. Thank you, gentlemen. That was awesome. That was awesome. Very proud of you guys. Very proud of you guys. Now, here's why that's important. Because tonight we're looking at the story of Noah. And we are going to see, we are going to see that it is possible to trust God when it's hard. And it's really hard at times to trust God. And it would have been easy for Noah to just listen to the loud voices around him But because he had a direct connection with God, he listened to God's voice. But but the reason we're talking about Noah is because Jesus actually talks about Noah. In Luke chapter 17 in the New Testament, verses 26 to 27, it says this. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. Jesus talking about himself. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given up in marriage up into the day that Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. Jesus, in Luke chapter 17, is in the middle of a teaching about what culture will look like when he returns. He says, just like it was with Noah, people are going to be going about their normal days, and then I'm going to come back, I'm going to return. But you see, Jesus, he chose to use Noah to illustrate this because Jesus grew up in a Jewish home. He grew up going to synagogue. He traveled probably more than once a year to the temple that we know Jesus was profoundly shaped by the Old Testament. In Luke chapter 2, verses 46 to 47, it says, After three days they found Jesus in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard Jesus was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Flip to the end of Luke in chapter 24, verse 27. It says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus was a Bible whiz. Jesus knew the Old Testament. And so Jesus could have grabbed any story he wanted, but he chose to grab Noah and to talk about his second coming in relationship to Noah. Because you see, Jesus, he's trying to teach his followers to be like Noah and not to be like their culture. 
You see, Noah was obedient even when it didn't make sense. Noah was obedient to God even when he didn't want to be. Noah was obedient to God even when it wouldn't make him popular. In other words, Noah trusted God in a culture that rejected God. And what you can't control is how your culture feels about God. But what you can control is how you choose to respond. And Noah Noah made a decision that he was going to trust God even though he lived in a time and a culture that rejected God. And the reason Jesus brings up Noah is because of this. Jesus is wondering when he returns again, will he find you worshiping your culture or will he find you trusting him? Will he find you trusting what your culture says to be true? Or will he find you trusting him? We're going to look at Genesis chapter 6. But to catch us up to speed, here's a little bit of what's been going on in Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God created the world and he makes humans. In fact, he makes every single one of us in his image. The reason that we believe every single one of you and every person on planet Earth has value and worth is because every person is made in God's image. So we treat each other with kindness and respect. We love one another. When we see somebody new here at HSM, we welcome them. We are kind to them. We don't talk bad about each other. We don't gossip. We don't use foul language to describe each other. Why? Because we're made in the image of God. And it offends God when we talk poorly about one another. In Genesis chapter 3, humans messed up God's created world by not trusting him. In Genesis chapter 4, the first recorded murder takes place. Cain kills his brother Abel. And then within a few generations later, there's this guy named Lamech who he kills another person. He begins to engage in polygamy, which was never God's design. And by Genesis chapter 4, it says people began to call on the name of the Lord. Why? Because thank Things had got bad because things were not going well already. In Genesis chapter 5, the family tree is described, and then we find ourselves in chapter 6, where we're going to spend a few moments tonight, and we're going to discover together three ways that Noah trusted God. So our first big idea tonight, our first fill in the blank is this. Number one, the world went mad but Noah was righteous. I want you to write that down. The world went mad, but Noah was righteous. Find me in your Bibles in Genesis chapter 6. It's the first book of the Bible, just five chapters over. Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, it goes like this. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Put yourself in God's shoes for a minute. That he's created everything. He created the mountains. He created the valleys. He created the rivers and the ocean. He's picturing his people that he's just creating, enjoying all that he has made and being in perfect relationship with him and with each other. And then things get so bad. 
that it said when God looked out, he just saw how wicked everybody was, how evil things had become. And then there's a really interesting verse in the Bible. This is one of those like humdingers, right? This is one of those ones that you're just like, what? Look at what it says, verse six. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. I wanna talk about that word troubled for a minute. Some of you know this, but the Old Testament was originally written in the Hebrew language, right? It was originally written in the Hebrew language. And that word for troubled, this is the Hebrew word for it. The Hebrew is atzab. Can you guys say atzab on the count of three with me? One, two, three. Atzab. And this Hebrew word atzab is a really, really important word. Because troubled means, means to be full of rage and at the same time in bitter anguish. That when God looks out at all the wickedness, it says that he is, he's angered by it. He's angered by it. And at the same time, his heart is broken. This word, atzab, it's used another time in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 34, verse 7. When this woman named Dinah had a bunch of brothers and they found out that she was raped. And when they found out she was raped, the text says that they felt atzab, that they felt troubled, that they were sad and grieved and they were angry at the same time. It shows up again in 1 Samuel chapter 20 when, when Saul wants to kill David. And Jonathan, the best friend of David, he's torn because his father, Saul, wants to kill his best friend. And it says that the emotion Jonathan feels is atzav. It's troubled. He's angry and he's sad all at the same time. Is this how God feels with the sin and the brokenness in the world? And he just looked at it and he felt troubled. Let's keep going, verse eight. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So even though all this was going on, there was something different about Noah. And then verse nine, it says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. I wanna pause here for a second. Because you and I may live in a culture, we may be around people who, who God feels troubled over all that's going on in their lives. We may be in a world that is troubled. But that doesn't mean that just because our world has rejected God, that you and I have to reject God. Instead, we could trust God. And it says these things about, no, it says that he was righteous. You know what that means? That means he had a strong character. To be righteous literally means to be in right relationship with God and right relationship with others. That's what it means to be righteous. And so Noah had a strong character. It says that he was blameless. This means he lived with consistency and he even evangelized. There's this crazy passage in the New Testament in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, where it says... If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness. 
I'd never known that about Noah before, but Noah was described as a preacher of righteousness. This means that he, he lived in such a way that people saw a difference in his life, but he also told people about God. That he didn't just use his actions, but he used his words to tell people about God. And then it says that Noah was faithful and that he walked with God daily. What does it look like to walk with God daily? I think it means at least two things, and I want to challenge every single one of you. And maybe some of you are going, man, I've never done that before. Well, it's summer. It's a brand new season. Here's my two challenges for you. The first one is this. Every day, I want you to read the HSM Bible reading plan. Can you guys hold that in the air real quick if you got it with you? you can hold, it's that little bookmark. It's the little bookmark that you have. Go ahead and hold that up. Yeah, right there. This actually started Kellen right back there. Kellen, when he was a high school, when he was an HSM student, he was like, I think we should make Bible reading plans. I was like, all right, let's do it. So Noah started it for us. Or not Noah started it. Kellen started it for us. I want to encourage you every single day to read the Bible reading plan. We're going to give you a new one every single Wednesday. I want you guys to set aside time to read God's word every day. But if you're like looking for like, like, Bonus points, right? If you're like, if you're like, okay, I can do that, or I've been doing that, or okay, I want to go to the next level. Here's my next challenge for you. Every day, spend 10 minutes in silence listening for God's voice. Listening for God's voice. A few months ago, our family decided, so uh, it's my wife, Sarah, and I, and then we have our four little kids. And uh, we all decided to go on this little kind of like prayer adventure in our house. That we said, you know what we're going to do? We're all going to kind of go into separate rooms, and we're going to take five or ten minutes, and we're going to pray, and we're just going to ask God to speak to us, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to share it with each other. And so I remember my wife Sarah went into kind of our closet that's like a prayer closet for her. And, and Brindley and Lila, they went off into their rooms. And, and Charlie went off. And then I got stuck with Levi. And Levi is my three-year-old son, okay? He's my three-year-old son. And here's the deal. Levi is like the coolest kid ever. He's the worst prayer partner. Like worst prayer partner ever, right? Like this kid is, is he's just bouncing off the walls. And so we're sitting there and I'm trying to pray with him as he's kind of going crazy, and even in the middle of that, even in the middle of that, there were a few moments of silence, and I literally felt like God spoke to me. And I felt like God said to me, stop rushing. I was going through so, I was going through things so fast. I wasn't stopping to spend any time with God, and I felt like he said, stop rushing. Spending time with God in prayer is powerful. I remember a few years ago, there was a student who had been coming to HSM for a while. And then all of a sudden, she stopped coming. She, she, she wouldn't come back. And so I did what maybe I've done with some of you guys. Is I'll, I'll text you. And I'll say, hey, haven't seen you at HSM in a while. Hope to see you back. And literally left me on red. Like no response, right? Straight ghosted me. Like I just couldn't. I, I would, I would I'd write, you know, a little bit later. I'd have other people text her. I was like, hey, maybe she's not responding to me. Maybe she's not responding to you. Had other people texting her. No response at all. We could not get her to come back to HSM. And so we started praying. And for months, we were praying in this room, God, would you bring this student back? Would you bring this student back? All the while texting, and guess what? No response. And then one Wednesday night, this student walked in from the back, and I literally, I mean, I almost fainted. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're here. This is amazing. And she literally said this to me. She said, Eric, this sounds crazy, but I had a dream last night. And in my dream, God said, go to HSM. 
I was like, I love God. That's amazing. She said, God literally told me to go to HSM, and so I'm here. And she finished out her time with us, and it was an amazing season with her. It is impossible. I don't think this is overstating it. It is impossible to grow in your relationship with God if you're not reading his word. I mean, think about how many times you're like Snapchatting your friends, which if you haven't heard me give my speech on Snapchat, I think it's from the devil, delete it, okay? But I'm not gonna go there, it's not for today. Think about how often you're chatting with your friends, how often you're DMing, how often you're texting, how often you're meeting up and hanging out. That's what builds a relationship. And then we wonder why we're not close with God and we don't spend any time with him. But it's also impossible to hear God's voice if you don't pause long enough to listen. Jump down with me to verse 11. It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupted the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. We learn something really important about God here and it's this, that corruption and violence bother him. That he is a God of justice. That when he sees people being mistreated, he's not okay with it. And so when someone has bullied you or picked on you, you need to know you've got heaven's army behind you. You've got God Almighty behind you, angry and troubled by what you're going through. Some of you feel absolutely alone most of your life. And other people, you know, they, they message you or they post something about you or they, they talk behind your back and you just feel absolutely alone. You need to know that when God sees somebody being taken advantage of, being hurt, it bothers him. And it bothers him when we do those things to others. And it bothers him when others do those things to you. So then God says, you know, I want you to build an ark. Verse 22, it says, Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. Second big idea tonight is this. God asked Noah to trust him, and Noah obeyed. God asked Noah to trust him, and Noah obeyed. Can I just ask you a question? I need you to reflect on it. I need you to think about this. Does your obedience to Jesus depend on the comfort of your circumstances or on the worthiness of God? Does your obedience to Jesus depend on how comfortable your life is, on how comfortable what he's asking you to do is, or does your obedience to Jesus totally and fully and completely depend on the fact that he is worthy, he is God Almighty, he is your creator, he is your savior, he is your redeemer, he is the one that can grant you eternal life. Because if your willingness to obey Jesus is based on the comfort of your circumstances, you won't last long. You'll be a Christian on paper, but not in your life. And you'll miss out on it. But Noah, he chose to obey. 
Check out what happens in chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. The Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. How many of you have been to the zoo recently? Anyone been to the zoo recently? Do you, I, when I see all this, I just get, anyone like, like struggle being around, like when you think about being around that many animals, is there anyone out there like me that you're just like, that sounds disgusting. Anyone like that? You guys are all better people. You love animals. Okay, let's keep going. I just, I'm like, I, I don't, I'm like, I, I would want to be like, God, do we need that animal? Like, do we need him? You know what I mean? Like, is he really necessary? Anyway, seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth, every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. And then check out what happens next. Noah was 600 years old. They lived a long time back then. 600 years old. When the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. Here's what's crazy about the story. They started loading the ark seven days before the flood came. Can you imagine what people thought? Noah's built this giant ark, and, and he starts grabbing, like, the buffalo. He starts, like, grabbing the horse. He starts, like, trying to usher, you know, a baron or whatever. He's like, he's, like, trying to get all these, like, porcupines, like, all these random animals in the boat. And people start walking up, and they're like, bro, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're insane. There's no water. Why do you got a big old boat? And he is literally just loading these things on the boat. Why? Why did it take seven days? I think God was building Noah's faith, even when it didn't make sense. Students, I want to challenge you to read your Bibles every day, even when you don't get anything out of it. I want to challenge you to prioritize friends who help you follow Jesus instead of the friends who make you look cool. I want to challenge you to see yourself the way God sees you and to put your identity in him instead of whatever definition the world has given you. I want to encourage you to decide that drugs and alcohol and sex outside of marriage are a waste of time even when your friends make it seem like you can't live without them. And number three, Noah worshiped and God made a promise. Go back to verse 24. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. And then in chapter eight, verse 15, then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. And then check out what happens next. 
So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground, all the birds, everything that moves on the ground came out of the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds. He sacrificed burnt offerings on it. First thing Noah does when he comes out of the ark is he chooses to worship God. What was the last thing that God saved you from? What was the last thing that God spared you from? What was the last last gift that you just felt like God gave you? Maybe it was a new friendship. Maybe it was a restored relationship with somebody. Maybe it was, man, you were going to go to this thing, and it ended up being really bad, and for some reason you decided not to go. When was the last time God spared you and saved you from something, and was your first response worship? As I was reading this, I was just feeling so convicted. I feel like I see all the time God providing for me. And I'm so quick to just mow right past it and to not pause and to worship. What happens next is verse 21. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and he said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And then jump to chapter nine, verses 16 and 17. It says, whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. That the rainbow is literally a physical reminder of the promise that God has made that he will never flood the earth again. You see, in this passage, in this story, we see that God is just and we see that he's merciful. We see that God is patient and merciful and allows, especially nowadays, he allows time for for evil people for broken hearts like ours to be won over by Christ but he's also just and he's righteous promising that one day everything will be wiped away and a new heaven and a new earth will come and here's my closing question for us and then we'll go into life groups my last question for you is this are you testing God's patience and justice or are you living in God's mercy and righteousness Right now, I want you to be honest about your life. Are you testing God's justice and patience? Or are you living in his mercy and righteousness? I'm gonna pray for us. And usually on a Wednesday night, you'll have a lot more uh, time in life groups. But we had to go a little bit long as we were starting our new stuff today. But we wanna encourage you to come back next Wednesday as we continue to look at the stories that shaped Jesus. I'm going to pray for us. And then if you're brand new tonight, if you're brand new tonight and you don't know where to go, we have a life group for you. And I want you to come up front here. We're going to get you into your life group tonight, your grade and gender life group. And then if you are a freshman, we want all freshmen to stay here in this room. We're going to do something special together. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for summer kickoff. I thank you for a brand new year, a brand new season of ministry. And God, I pray that every one of these students, that they would prioritize time in your word, that they'd prioritize listening to your voice, that they would choose, like Noah, to trust you, even in a culture that rejects you. God, would we follow you and would we obediently do whatever you call us to do? In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said.